Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Well, we're not too far away now from getting underway with the IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge. Now let's head down to the let's uh, head down to the pit lane uh, with Sheer Adam and Jamie Howe. Sheer, the cars already lining up in the fast lane, ready to go into their third free practice session. Now this is the short session yes. because we go straight into qualifying. So this one. Well, you can't afford to miss this one. Whether or not you think the track conditions are relevant for the race, they're going to be very relevant for the qualifying which follows. Exactly. And people will tell you all day long, qualifying doesn't really matter when you've got the longer races, particularly this one as a four-hour. You've got, in some cases, three drivers to try and cycle through the cars. But I'll tell you something. There are a lot of second drivers in their street clothes that are sort of saying to their co-drivers, Good luck, buddy. Go get us a pole because it's always better to start out front, particularly with a grid of 51 cars. So if you're further back, you have more of a chance of getting caught up in the melee. There are some interesting drivers who are in the cars right now, though. We've got Kuno Whitmer in the AWA McLaren. That was the first car out onto the pit lane. And we've got in Marilla Racing, Foss. He's actually going to start this session and give Mosing a good baseline to go out and try and put the Mercedes on the pole position. But down at the other end of pit lane, well, things are relatively quiet. That's where Jamie Howe will be reporting from in a wee moment's time. The tyre carts are coming out as well as this huge logistical challenge for the swap over of the pit lane that takes place. And, you know, it's easy to forget Johnny Palmer. Well, it's not easy to forget you at all. Cause, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, it, it is easy for any of us to forget uh, that, you know, there is, as Jamie said rightly earlier on in the earlier broadcast, there's only one pit lane here, and therefore all of the Michelin Pilot Challenge teams have got to share with a WeatherTech team, and, and, and there's got to be some symbiosis there and, and, and some give and take. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to hope so, certainly. Um, th- 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 there is the risk, I suppose, of the, of the teams that are involved in the big show, who are the... The, the the mainstay, the landlords, if you like, and then the tenants, <laughs> like that. the tenants move in, and you know, are they going to be in a great hurry to make the space? Um, but yeah, the the whole point is that you you occupy exactly the same pit bays. The fact that it's a little quieter this year compared to twelve months ago within the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship might be a help. But you've got fifty one cars to try to accommodate um, with uh, with this championship. And of course, with the, I mean that's the other thing. The pit bays are slightly further apart, or at least the tents are for the WeatherTech uh, cars. But when you've got, you know, another fifty percent of uh, of cars to accommodate, does that create a bit of a complication too? So this uh, crossover, as we were talking about earlier on, maybe from wet weather tyres to dry weather tyres. Well, the crossover within the pit lane can be rather complicated as well. But the field wasting no time at all in coming out from the alternative paddock. GS and the TCR cars lining up uh, nose to tail, and it's starting to be too abreast, in fact. 
with a 15-minute session now under starters' orders, and we're less than five minutes away. This session due to start at 11.25 local time. It's 22 and a half minutes past the hour right now. So 107.9 around the circuit, as well as on the very, very efficient public address system. And thanks to Mike and his team, a couple of booths down for making sure that we are uh, out on the uh, PA system and 107.9 as well. Always great to work with the team here at Daytona International Speedway. Uh, It's... uh, 454 even on the scanner, 107.9 FM here around the US and the world with no blocks or breaks for our audio uh, on RS2 IMSA radio. So another session of Michelin Pilot Challenge to go and it's starting to get serious right now with 15 minutes now, Jeremy Shaw for the teams. I I presume at this point, Mr Shaw, if you're the team manager, you're going to put the guy or the girl in the car who is qualifying the car and say right get out there feel the conditions because you're going to have to put the fast lap in to put yourself on pole position later don't really have any choice uh, and uh, you know th- this weekend so this week so far has certainly not gone to plan for the michelin pilot challenge they've had two practice sessions uh, both of them have been um, pretty well very damp so no dry running at all the track is it's certainly drying out, but it certainly isn't a dry track right now. The banking should be no problem, but the infield's still pretty slippery, and particularly the uh, kind of transitions from the banking on off the banking and onto the banking as well. They are uh, very treacherous out there. So, uh, yeah, now you know it's with just a 15 minutes of, of practice now to get ready for qualifying. This is very, very important. This is all for our feature race on Friday, the BMW Endurance Challenge. Four hours of competition on Friday afternoon that we'll have live from Trackside. A lot of you, I know, tuned in here and around the world, getting ready to make your trip here for the weekend. Uh, whether you're in the US or further afield and you've got plans, uh, I know there'll be a bit of sneaky listening going on at uh, various desks around the place. Just coming towards the end of the workday in the United Kingdom and Europe, half four in the UK, half five uh, in Europe, here on Eastern Time, just coming up to half past 11 uh, in on a, a Thursday morning. So welcome wherever you are uh, joining us at IMSA Radio. If you'd uh, like to tell us where you are listening and um, what you are doing, or at least maybe supposed to be doing uh, at the moment, and I promise we'll whisper and not tell your boss. Uh, use the hashtag. <laughs> use the you hashtag. Be listening also. Yeah, well, well, then it's not so much of a problem, is it? To be honest, if the boss is listening as well, um, hashtag IMSA Radio D twenty four. If you would be so kind, green flags, and so we'll start to hear some engine noises coming through for the final JP uh, of the final fifteen minutes of practice for the uh, IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge. Yeah, and I uh, need to get my head around this uh, short, sharp session because it's effectively practice for qualifying, isn't it? And all the cars will have been trimmed out for their maximum uh, it's single like a lap warm speed. Up. Effectively, it's a warm-up for qualifying. For qualifying. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right, JP. And, well um, done, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, again, acclimatising yourself to the current conditions, but they may not be the same for qualifying, which is due to start uh, a little before midday today. Uh, and what... What we should say as well is it's two qualifying sessions because the TCRs will go out first and then the GSs will go out. Now, that said, they will still line up. And I don't believe there's been any changes, Jeremy, in the sporting regulations. They still line up all of the GSs 
and then all of the TCRs, regardless of the times. Jeremy's nodding sagely to my to my right. Okay, so that's no change from last year. So a quick fire thirteen minutes of action on the track. And Shea Adam has the benefit. I can look down to the start finish line, but I can't because we are up so high and the angle I'm looking down can't really see the line across the start finish line here. But looking down into turn one, I see. I was going to say the vestiges of a, or the beginnings of a dry line. I think it's a bit better than that shit, to be honest. They could run the Daytona 500 on that track. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, It'd be one groove. It would be one groove, uh, which, let's face it, sometimes it is. Um, but it is a completely dry tri-oval, so that bodes well for the rest of the track. Yeah. It does dry very quickly here, and the sun slipping behind some heavier cloud at the moment, but certainly still... Uh, making its presence felt to the point where I've had to drop a shade in here so that it's not in our eyes and I can read the timing screens and your tweets uh, coming in as well. It was uh, noted by our guests yesterday from Rebel Rock Racing that I had the opportunity, I had the uh, the option of uh, my eyes failing as they do as you get older of uh, of getting some kind of reading glasses or just getting a bigger screen. Well, yeah. yeah, yes. And then, of course, the bigger the screen, the less the sun's going to shine into the booth and create glare on our massive screen. Double. So it sort of solves the, solves the issue. Yeah, double, double pro for that one. Perfect. So, right, So, it, it, although the next session, the qualifying, is scheduled as a 35-minute session, it's actually two 15s with a five-minute pause in the middle, right? Okay, so that now Correct. 15 minutes of free practice makes complete sense because this is a, it's like a dummy qualifying session. Uh, it's exactly right, Johnny. And this has been the, the way for quite some time now in IMSA. Started way back, these short qualifying sessions. But you and I uh, and Jeremy all remember those very, you know, sometimes an hour-long qualifying session where either everybody went out early on and did five or six laps and then parked the cars mm. or they didn't come out until the last 10 minutes. And many years ago in IMSA, they decided to do these, uh, in the, as I say, going back to the LMS days, they, they decided to do these short, sharp 15 or 20-minute sessions. Um, nowadays, you can't make any adjustments whatsoever to the car during them. So basically, uh, the team can't touch the car at all other than opening the door for the driver. And I think they can wipe the windscreen. And is that from the start of this session, free practice three? No, it's to the, the start of qualifying. Right, so w within qualifying, you can't Correct. do any adjustment. Okay. Correct. Uh, and that, in that includes things like bleeding air out of tyres and things like that. Okay. So you can come in and let the tyres cool down, but yes. you can't change your tyre pressures. Gotcha. Um, you know, but you can open the door nowadays for the driver. Right, just to create a bit of airflow. Yeah, if, if, he, if he's sitting there, if he or she is sitting there. Well, and, and, I, and I have to say, I like the, the quick fire sessions because what it does is it concentrates all the action. And we've had tyre manufacturers in IMSA down through the years, and, and, and Michelin continues this tradition, that the tyres themselves degrade so little that quite often, Jeremy Shaw, we, we see the guys out there in what I would call an old-fashioned qualifying where they put enough fuel in right at the start to do the full 15 minutes and they get quicker as the car gets mm. lighter, which that was always qualifying when I was growing up. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it, the system is, is tremendous. Uh, it, it works really, really well. Uh, I mean, occasionally there's some problems if there's an incident and there's some doubt as to whether or not they're going to get their, their minimum uh, track time out there, but uh, by and large, I think it's it's absolutely superb. 
I'll draw comparisons with uh, a couple of championships I do back in Europe, and I can say it's full name now, considering our latest uh, tyre supplier, the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's LMP3s and GT3s, two 20-minute sessions with a sort of 10-minute pause in between. ELMS is three 10-minute sessions um, for LMP2s, LMP3s and GTE cars. But again, you know... Short, sharp qualifying sessions seem to work both for the competitors and for the fans. Well, the other thing is as well, if you are, as we will be later today, televising the the WeatherTech uh, session, it actually fits into a nice television window. Yeah. So, you know, if you have got a broadcaster somewhere on more traditional forms of moving pictures, then it gives them an opportunity to fit that into a 45 or a 50-minute window uh, Five-minute build-up, two sessions. Oh, hang on a second. Uh, the TGM blue car is uh, coming back. He was so far off there, I think he needed to show an RV pass to, to get where he was. Uh, ran long at turn one, I think, is the uh, fairest thing to say. That's the bright blue Camaro for TGM. And the first flat flying laps now completed. Uh, Gregory Leofouge was the first to go faster than anybody else has managed yesterday was the quickest time of 202.3. He managed a 202.1. Well, Connor Bloom in the Turnamost Sport BMW, kind of a 95, used to just a one, turn a 157.9. So that's the first sub two minute lap in the Michelin Pilot Challenge official practice. Hugh Plum also sub two minutes, a 159.7 in the team TGM, kind of a 46. That, once again, a reminder of Chevrolet Camaro GT4R this year. I've always called Greg, Greg Leifuga. Leifuga. It's Leifuga, but that's been cleared up, right, because you used to say Leifuga. Hey, Jeremy is the pronunciation specialist. No, no, I mean, the, the best people to speak to are the people whose name it is at the end well, of the day. Well, so. some of them are, but some of them get their own names wrong. Well, yeah, that's true, because I know the proper way to say your name. We'll move on. <laughs> Very short and four letters, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the, well, I, I think particularly of somebody like Daniel Ricciardo. Yes. And Ricciardo is the right way to say it. If you Ricciardo. Ricciardo, yes. yes. But being, he, he always said, and I, I've, I've. Well, everyone I've butchered it, didn't they? So they went, he just he said, gave oh, in It's in just easier to say Ricciardo. <laughs> say Ricciardo, you know. Yeah. Fuge. Okay, I'm going to yeah. have to reprogram that. Leofuge, Swiss, Swiss. Uh, Origin, right. Hop Swiss. I just uh, prefer Gregory rather than Greg because I've often called him Greg as well. Yes, true. I'll go back and forth on that one. All say. right. Uh, let's go down to Shea Adam. We were talking about rule changes. We'll keep an eye on the times. 157.8 is the best at the moment for a McLaren, the 570 SGT for the 13 car. That's just been usurped by Connor Bloom in the 95 turn of BMW. So that's uh, BMW, McLaren, Chevy, Aston Martin, Ford, Audi, the top six. How about that? Uh, and the Camaro goes to the top. Hugh Plum in the 46 car. Uh, first time out for TGM. So Camaro, BMW, McLaren, Aston Martin, Ford and Audi uh, all within a few seconds of each other. Shit, Adam's been looking at the, the rule book and the sporting regulations. There's been a rule change this year regarding qualifying. And in the past, you had to start from your pit box, which then gave an innate uh, advantage to people further up in the championship. You were more likely to get a clear lap your first time around. That has been eliminated. And now you may line up at the pit exit. You may 
choose to not go to your box but go straight to the pit exit and therefore get a clean lap just by the point of fact that you've got to the pit exit first and we're waiting in line. Well, that's all well and fair for the WeatherTech session, which does not have a practice session immediately before, like the Michelin Pilot Challenge does. For the third practice session, when the checkered flag comes out, everybody must return to their box. They then put on their qualifying tires. What I'm seeing right now are TCR cars and some GS cars coming in to put their qualifying tires on before this 15-minute session has finished so that they may be ready to go before right. the competition because they won't have to waste the 30 seconds changing all four tires. They'll be ready to go as soon as race control says wow. you may now line up at the pit exit. Okay. Same set. Slightly more complicated than that. Yeah, I'll have she explain that to me again when I've had more coffee. I mean, the, I think. the most important thing now is to get out on the racetrack. Yeah, I think uh, so. And figure out what it's like and, and how fast you can go. I, 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 I'm, I've never been a great one for qualifying. Um, I, I do not have the skills to turn tyres on immediately. Never have had. And so I, I quite like these 15-minute sessions because I like to get out there and just stay out there if I've got to do a, a qualifying session. Actually, the only time I, I did a three-lap qualifying session, I, I uh, because we were pushed for time and everybody had to qualify through, I did actually do the fastest time in the car. That was because I, I don't think it didn't make any difference. Somebody else will do the time. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, there you go. You take the pressure off in your yeah, own exactly. mind. And, uh, yeah. Just pottering well, around. Um uh, Jack Roush was coming out with some some great stories. We'll talk about the RRDC dinner last night, I'm sure, yeah. uh, later on in the day. But Jack Roush, um, several radio messages to, to guys back in the day when they might have two-lap lead and, you know, let's make sure we win this thing. Let's just rein things back. And when the drivers became more comfortable and concentrated on a lap time less, they actually became quicker. Yeah. And that all they did was speed things up. So, yeah, the more relaxed you are in the car, the less you actually think about things too deeply, sometimes the, the, the faster you become. Colour Bloom uh, is, is blitzing the place at the moment. Uh, as, as John Heinhoff just said, Hugh Plum went to the top in number 46. Camaro on the on the third lap. But last time around, a 155.4 for Connor Bloom in the number 95 BMW. Good to see Connor back uh, in, a, uh, in, in a ride in this car. And that's a very good effort here indeed, a 155.4. The lap record, uh, the qualifying lap record is a 152.1. The race lap record a 152 point six the screen's a bit one fifty two six so you know to be within three seconds on a track that's still not fully dry uh, that's, uh, that's getting on with the program Hugh Plum remains second uh, defending series champion Tyler McQuarrie is, is in third position in the Peregrine Racing with Carbon car number 39 that's an Audi uh, and he's gone purple now in sector one on his next lap He's just he'd only completed three, whereas Connor Bloom has already done five laps. Uh, Kuno Whitmer has just come onto the pit lane in the AWA car number thirteen. That's the McLaren, and then the two Mercedes fifth and sixth number four Russell Ward at one fifty seven point five, and Jeff Mosing in the Murillo Racing Mercedes car number fifty six one fifty eight point zero. TCR it's Brian Ortiz, last year's MX five Cup champion and former. Well, first on the road here at Daytona in the uh, what, what is now the Michelin Pilot Challenge in car number 94 in the uh, Honda Civic TCR. That's one of the two Atlanta Speedworks entries. It's fastest in TCR. 
Right, two minutes left. That was quick. Yeah. Tyler McQuarrie, now quickest in mm. the 39, by the way, having just done a 154.443. So that's nearly a second clear of everybody else now yeah. in GS. Uh, th- this is absolutely perfect conditions for Tyler McQuarrie. Uh, in a previous life, drift champion. Wow, yeah. perfect. So yeah. he, he doesn't mind the car moving. In, in fact, it's probably not moving around enough no. for him at the moment. Take it, to the grass a bit more. There's a, yeah, there's a bit too much grip for me at the moment. They <laughs> probably say how. He's, he's been brilliant. Uh, he's done such a good job uh, in this series. Uh, 154.4. Uh, he's a Mini Cooper S ahead of Connor Blue, 998 uh, uh, for the teenagers amongst you. Uh, the 95 car in second. It's early in the week. Don't worry, I'm getting rid of all of this now so that we can be really sensible in the wee small hours overnight on... Uh, can you write that so down for us, please? What's that? Just, just to make a record of it. What? Yeah. It's, it's recorded? Yeah, uh, true. Yeah. What, be really sensible in the wee small hours? Yes. Right. <laughs> like that in writing, as I say. Okay. New fastest time in TCR. It's now Mason Filippi in car mm. 98. The, well, defending series champion car... At least the Honda Veloster NTCR for uh, Brian Herder uh, Autosport mm. with Curb Agajanian. And up into second position it, it, overall, briefly went Trent Hinman, number <laughs> seven, uh, Archangel Motorsport, Porsche 718, Cayman GT4 Club Sports. It's a mouthful, isn't it? That? Uh, but uh, he's just been eclipsed by Hugh Plum, back up into second in the number 46 team TGM Chevrolet. That. You know what? That is a really, really good... I, I, I know this counts for nothing right now, but that'll be massive, massively confidence-boosting for both cars in TGM. They, they have two cars, but they're very much a one team. Two cars, one team. Um, and that, you know, for a team that have had those cars for very little time at all. In fact, when they were at the Raw, I don't even think they were in their livery, were they, uh, Jeremy? They'd uh, just mm. taken possession... Uh, of the cars. So, first time we've seen them in the full season livery. And six tenths of a second away from the top time as the chequered flag comes out on this final practice session. My goodness, we're not even at lunchtime on Thursday and the final practice session for Michelin Pilot Challenge is over and done with. Did everybody get a lap in? Sort of. Except for the number 26 BMW which is the uh, fast track racing entry. Right. In the uh, Sunoco Whelan colours. With Robbie Dalgleish from Scotland, the Scotland Mini Cooper champion, joining, well, fellow Scotsman, Stephen McAleer. And the third driver in that car is, I forget how the middle, oh, oh uh, that's uh, Bates Gavissa, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, Bates Gavissa, yeah. From the Netherlands. Dutch lady making her debut in North America. Finished second in last year's W Series. She's got a fair amount of experience in all sorts of different cars in Europe over the last several years. And a former star in the karting ranks as well. So, Am uh, I right in saying she's just done some Krevendik stuff? Uh, yes. I don't think she was at Dubai this year. But... Um did she not get a very late call-up for Dubai? I'm just going to look that up. But you would have thought, you know, being a Dutch woman, as you say, uh, Kreventik, the Dutch promoters of the 24-8 series, so uh, that's a logical place to go and get uh, some experience. I've got a list of things she's done here. Uh, Formula E she's testing. She's done a lot of different mm. stuff. GP2 testing. Um, Formula Renault 3.5. Uh, the the yeah. old-school cars there. Mm-hmm. Tested those they in the past. They were magnificent. Those um, race those. 
and race those. W Series, you say, second in the championship. GT4 France, GT4 European Championship, GT Open, Dubai 24 hours. I just need to check whether that was this year or uh, in previous seasons. No, she did. 3Y Technology yeah, I in think a GT4 BMW. BMW. Yeah, I, I think, I, I have a feeling, and all of the Dubai race is a bit of a blur because we all had it compressed down into seven hours and... 15 and a bit, 16 and a bit minutes. But I had a feeling she got a late call up for that and she wasn't expecting to, to be there. Uh, Tyler McQuarrie with the fastest time, 154.443. Counts for nothing now, Shea Adam, but it'll put him in a good mood for when the cars roll back out again in about half an hour. Well, and it's always a good thing when the boss man says you're quicker than the field by a second, you're not getting fired today. So, Tyler McQuarrie, a little too much grip out there for your liking, maybe? A lot better than this morning. No, you know, the guys did a really good job at the roar. I didn't make it. Um, went on a family trip to Paris. Why not? Um, but they just did an awesome job with the car, you know, and I think we're, we're in a really good spot. As long as it stays dry, we've been focused on our dry setup. And so yesterday we didn't go out. And then this morning it starts raining. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like it wouldn't be an IMSA race weekend without some rain. So luckily, you know, that was my first dry lapse this year here. So uh, car feels good. Uh, the Michelins are just awesome. And, you know, hopefully it stays dry. It doesn't sprinkle again. But I think we're looking good for a dry qual. But, I mean, hey, if it repeats like last year with the amount of rain we had, that also wound up in a championship for you and Jeff Westfall. The band's all back together. Looks like a lot of the same crew guys working on the car. What's changed with Carbon in the uh, few months we had apart? Um, you know, from the outside, nothing. All, uh, driver lineup's the same. Crew's the same. You know, Steve engineering the car, doing strategy. So nothing's really changed. You know, we had a really good recipe last year, so why change it? Um, we definitely are still working on improving because, improving you know, the competition is obviously spent the offseason trying to get their cars better, changing driver lineups. So a lot of that stuff was happening. So we still have to push forward and, and improve every single race weekend. I think the last time I talked to you after a practice three before a qualifying, you went on to get pole. So the good news is pole position, the penalty box, just a couple doors down for your crew guys to walk. Good luck in qualifying. Perfect. Thank you. Hopefully I'll see you there. There have been a couple of drivers who have been busier than others this morning because they are competing in WeatherTech as well as the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Robbie Foley, one of those drivers, you're competing alongside Bill Oberlin with the same team in both of the, the races. But what does that do to you as a driver when you have to get your head around two different cars? Yeah, it's busy. You definitely do a lot of walking between the two paddocks. But, uh, yeah, the cars are quite different just in the way you drive. I actually haven't driven it all yet, so I'm eager to, to turn some laps. Um, but, yeah, just a very different style between the two. Uh, obviously, the M6 is a bit faster, uh, and the race is four times as long, or more than. Um, so, yeah, just looking forward to getting some laps and try to adapt to both cars. When you have somebody like Bill who is on your team, he has such a wealth of experience, how does that help a team get up to speed when you have multiple drivers and multiple cars? Yeah, it's good. He's been obviously driving in GS and GT for many years, so... He's sort of been there, done that, and knows the ins and outs of everything. So, yeah, his experience is great. If we, you know, obviously the weather has been a little bit iffy the past couple of days, but he's experienced that at Daytona and kind of knows what we need out of both cars. So it's definitely good to lean on him in these conditions and, uh, yeah, see how we go. So you haven't driven today. Qualifying is about to unfold here for the Michelin Pilot race that will be tomorrow. How do you go into the race when, when you're, you haven't been behind the wheel? I know. I, I think I'll get a couple laps tomorrow, hopefully, in the GT4 car, and then uh, I'll drive the M6 and GTD a little bit later today. So, yeah, ready to get some laps. Robbie Foley patiently awaiting his turn, John.
We have cars already in line. We hinted at it at the end of the last practice session. The first car to take the green flag will be the championship defender, car number 98. That's the light blue one, but it's no longer driven by the championship duo. We've got Mikey Lewis still in that car, but Mason Filippi has joined him, and we have Mark Wilkins jumping into the black car now with Harry Gottsacker, so that's going to take a bit of getting used to for us, John. So just for a moment, Jeremy, they're all in number order on our timing screen. The Alfa Romeo Giulietta of uh, Roy Block sits at the top, the number five. The 98 sitting first in line, as Chase just told us. Michael uh, Lewis's name against that as the first driver sits in 18th position. I think we've got to say, with what we've seen from the Hyundai Velocitas so far, the NTCR cars, uh, the Brian Herter Autosport developed machines, whether in the hands of BHA or indeed 47 Motorsport. Is it just perm anyone from those five? Can somebody else get get up to them? The, the Hondas didn't look good in the dry conditions yesterday, but were a little better in the damper conditions today. No, I think it's going to be... Uh I think it's going to be pretty tight. I think there's a whole bunch of guys could could get it in amongst it during this qualifying session. But certainly the Hyundais uh, are looking pretty strong as they were last year, and I'd probably be surprised if they uh, if they were to get pit to the pole to the pole. But uh, you know, th in in this race, uh, being a longer race, uh, the there's, there's more of a strategy in terms of who starts the car. Generally speaking, in the Shorter races, which are uh, just what two hours in length, aren't they? The, the, these days, they um, you will start the less experienced driver, generally not the, not quite so great driver. If there's a a change between the between the two, or in this event three, some of the cars have three drivers for the four hour race, uh, and so oftentimes now. Because track position, I think with this many cars out on the track, is going to be a bit more important than usual here at Daytona. You probably want to get out there and, and qualify well, so the quicker driver may well get an opportunity to go out there during this qualifying session. So I think it's going to be pretty interesting. If you're joining us for the first time this Rolex week, this is qualifying our first fully competitive session. I think you can say it's a competitive session. You're setting a... Yep. Uh, lap time that will stand for something on the grid. 18 TCR cars, all front-wheel drive, all ran about 330 horsepower. It has to be four or five doors. Very strict set of regulations. Because we run in IMSA, uh, the race is over an hour. You are allowed the ABS package uh, on the cars. Paddle shift. Uh, some have uh, different, slightly different types of gearboxes. There's a uh, a DSG gearbox or a sequential gearbox for the uh, Volkswagen Audi Group cars, uh, so the uh, Audi RS3s. Some discussion with various teams about which one is better. Uh, possibly a slightly quicker gear change on the sequential boxes, but they're much more expensive, and I think there's a weight penalty uh, for that as well, in terms of not a mandated weight penalty, but the, the sequential box is a bit heavier. But basically, this is a formula of touring car which has exploded and done for touring cars worldwide what I suppose you would say GT3 and GT4 has done for grand touring racing. The other thing I like about this TCR racing is you've actually got four different engines as well, rather than the Audi, Golf, and the Cupras that we see. They're all powered by Volkswagen engines. In this case, the Alpha's got a Fiat 750 turbocharged 
straight four engine in it. 1750, 1750 yeah. not 750, 1750. Uh, the others are all two-litre turbocharged, but Volkswagen represented, Honda obviously in the Civic, and the uh, Hyundai Theta 2, which also powers the Kia Seed elsewhere in the world. Right. Uh, but, um, yeah, but basically a two-litre two turbocharged unit, with the exception of the Alpha, just one Alpha this, this season, by the way, rather than two, I think we had last year, yeah. um, mm. which is a shame. Yeah, I need to get the bottom of that, actually. A real shame, because um, it was the same team running two cars, so what's happened to that other chassis? I don't know whether it's still in the ownership. Sitting somewhere. You would hope so, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so Great little cars, those Giulietti's as well. But, but So you've got very different, not, not necessarily technology, but, uh, you know... Slight differences in the engine design. There's, there's, there's little di- if you stand in trackside, there is a difference in the engine sure. note as yeah. well from some of these cars, and I will take that as well. Um, Audi and Volkswagen, in terms of their uh, corporate motorsport uh, mentality, have decided to put TCR on the back burner. Um, what does that mean? Well, it, it means that they won't be promoting that. Cupra is their touring car product. They had three different brands from the Volkswagen Group all in the same categories. Now, you might say that that is a bit daft, but over here, of course, there is no Cupra. So we can't have the Cupras over here. That's the sporting arm of of Seat, which have their own models uh, over in Europe and the rest of the world. The IMSA regulations say if you don't sell it here, you can't run it here. So we can't have Cupras here. So uh, Audi US still supporting the teams... Uh, that Audi North America, excuse me, still supporting the teams that run the RS3 LMS, which I think for the moment at least is still the only TCR car that has four doors and a boot. Um, the Veloster has four doors, yes. but just not where you might expect them because it's got two doors on one side, one on another, and the hatchback. But yes. that's much more of a coupe. Um, we we await the arrival of the new Mazda 3 TCR, which has been yeah. put back yeah, that's for about a, shame, isn't it? about a year. Um, and the rumours that I heard was that that was seriously being considered on the on the saloon version, the sedan version, the trunked version of that car, rather than the hatchback, because there are some aerodynamic uh, advantages to having a notchback on the car rather than the straight hatchback coupe shape. But that also would be powered by a different engine. That's going to know, be powered by the Sky Active Sky G. Active X. Uh, I think it'll be the G. Right. The, the X is the compression ignition version of the petrol engine. And if they are going to run it with that, that's really, really interesting. Because what that is effectively is a car for, that for the most times, and certainly when it's under uh, heavy load, runs uh, without a spark plug. Mm. So it's using so gasoline. The, which one? The, the, the X. X. Okay. I, I've driven the G. I've, uh, I've driven the Sky Active G in the new Mazda 3 chassis, the, the, the road-going version. It's an outstanding car. Yeah. An outstanding car. The, the, the quality and the handling is just wonderful for what is effectively a quote-unquote shopping car. It wasn't one of the souped-up versions. Very good indeed. That car we expect um, to see in full-season competition this time in 2021, although don't write off a late-season appearance from that car. The development of that car actually going on pretty near here now uh, with the uh, long road racing stepping aside from that programme. Yeah, that's strange, isn't it? Yeah. The long road guys, uh, long road racing guys, also responsible for all the MX-5 Global Cup cars. um, Were were yeah and built an awful lot of them 
But in the law of diminishing returns, Jeremy, you know, you, you've, they're all out there. They're all great little cars. And from in the early days, building 25, 30, 35 cars a year, down to maybe three, four, five cars a year as people are, are wanting to replace cars. And, and that affects your business model, I guess. We wish them the best. Good set of people at Long Road Racing. So, waiting for the first... I mean, we've had five minutes of this qualifying session, mm. a third of this qualifying yes. session, Jeremy, gone, and Long we haven't got a time this, in yet. Yeah. Long way around this racetrack. Yeah. You know, the outlaps, uh, you know, at best, two and a half minutes. So, um, you know, we're going to be... La- the, the fastest lap here that we've seen so far in the previous session was a 201.3, I think it was. The lap record for the TCR cars was set last year by... Uh, Michael Johnson, actually, in the number 54 Audi at a 158.433, an average speed of 108 miles an hour. First car's coming across the line. Gavin Gavin Ernstone is uh, at the wheel of number 61. Road Shagger Racing Audi, car number 61, 2 minutes 1.8 for Gavin. Take a picture, Gav. And, uh, Get yeah. Kelly to take a picture yeah, right now. A, that's impressive because uh, Harry Gottsacker had been purple in sectors 1 and 2 in Hyundai car number 21, but he, he, he was lost a bit, fair bit of time through the final sector and turned a 202.1 at second quickest. Brian Ortiz, third in the Atlanta Speedworks car number 94. That's a Honda 202.1. So Audi, Hyundai, Honda, the top three at the moment. The rest of the Alpha, well, the, the Alpha, Tim Lewis, fifth fastest in car number five. Yeah, and spoke with Gavin Ernstone earlier on in the week and... Uh, <laughs> I was talking about this this uh, Audi decision to to step away from TCR racing, and he went, "When was that? When did that happen?" I said, uh, "Back into last year, sometime, maybe October, November." He said, "Oh, I didn't notice that." And I said, "What? Well, well, we still get exactly the same service from Audi Sport North America, yeah. so you know they still, uh, and that's the key point with this. Both VW and Audi have said whilst they're racing." Priorities have changed, VW to uh, electric only, and uh, with Audi in Formula E, DTM, and with the customer GT cars, GT2, GT3, and GT4. Um, But they will still support any customers, of course, who are running their equipment, and uh, it's not as if spares are going to dry up any time soon. All of those cars that Johnny was mentioning, by the way, the the Cupra, rather, the VW Golf GTI and the Audi RS3 LMS TCR, all built by Cupra Sport, Jordi Janir, uh, his company, uh, do all of those. They're on the same platform for the streetcars and therefore for the road cars, and they're all built or were being built in Spain by uh, Cupra Sport. Honda Civic to the top, Max Faulkner. Yeah, Tim Lewis uh, was sorry, briefly Brian. fastest yeah. in the Alfa Romeo, car number five, uh, two minutes point six for Tim Lewis, uh, who's a, a full-time... A previous start here in the Rolex 24, actually, Tim Lewis Jr. Third fastest now, there he is, because Brian Henderson then went faster in calibre 84, the Honda, and the two minutes point five. And now Max Faulkner in the Audi calibre 23, the fast MD team, uh, running under the uh, Speed Associates, Speed Syndicate motorsport banner now. Calibre 23, Max Faulkner, two minutes point four five nine, fastest at the moment. Halfway Ad- through this session. Audi Honda, Alpha Honda, first of the Hyundai Velosters, which have been so dominant, is down in fifth when we've had four in the top five in the sessions before now. So are, they, are the Hyundais uh, beginning to wind up 
to something here? Or is, is this sort of greasy? But I, I think you've got to be on slick tyres here. Got to be on slick tyres, but it'll oh, be yeah. greasy in spots. Yeah, no, it's fully dry now for, for the first time. And uh, as we've seen for the lap times now, two minutes point four, so full second quicker than it went just you know, 20 minutes or so ago. Chris Miller just uh, on the exit of the pit lane. I think he was at, already on the track in the number 37 Honda Civic. Just had a quick rotation. And, and also finding the limit of adhesion, Alex Papadopoulos in the... Uh, Hyundai one, number 47. Yeah, one of the, the new the 47 most yeah. posted. Alex Papadopoulos, of course, drove most of the last season in one of the Alphas. He switched across to that new, to the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series team, 47 Motorsports, Garrett Kletchian, who's had a lot of success and, and yet indeed won last year's Prototype Challenge Championship. And are still entered in the Prototype Challenge this yeah, year. Yeah, yes. and won, it for, you know, won the first race. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, w- I, w- I watched that uh, with first, you and Brian on that. First and by the two way, minute lap. Oh, right. 159.844 for Tim Lewis Jr. in car number five, the Alfa Romeo Giulietta TCR. How cool is that? Brian Ortiz up into second place. So it's Atlanta Speedworks Honda's second and third. And third Brian yeah. Ortiz uh, just nips ahead of his teammate Brian Henderson. And it's uh, all the cars going quicker and quicker. They've now completed four laps. You know what this is going to be, Jeremy and Johnny? This is going to be last man across the line gets pulled. Yeah, as it, as it gets better and better and yeah. better. Tim Lewis this quicker is great. again. Purple again in sector one. But Brian Henderson was only a, a, a couple, you know, Nat's whisker behind him in uh, the third position car. Steve Ike being shown stopped out on the circuit somewhere and he's completed the final sector. So maybe somewhere on the infield that car has ground to a halt. It's the number 89 mm. Honda Civic TCR. That's the heart Steve racing Ike. car, it isn't it? it? The is. red, white and black machine. I can't see it anywhere, and it's certainly not causing any consternation. If I look to my left to race control, I can see what they're looking at, and they're not zoomed in on anything. Good. Okay. So that, that may be that that's a timing glitch. Um, it's a good effort by Mike Lamara, sixth fastest in oh car number yes. 73. It's one of the LA Honda World Cars, a former series champion, of course, Mike, along with Terry Borchula back in 2000. 2012. Now, Mike's car, a little while ago, uh, there was a message on the bottom of the screen to say, car 73 spun and continued at turn 7. Now, I always labelled turn 7 as turn 1, speedway turn 1. So if he'd spun and continued there, he's done very, very well, <laughs> unless the corners are numbered slightly differently uh, this mm. year. I wonder if that's the entrance to the... Uh, oh, no, I don't know. But, I mean, turn 7 might be the left-hander to actually take you up onto the banking. 89 is off course at turn 6, six. Okay. which takes us on the banking. Now, hang on, let's get up what Brian calls the dancing ants. And great to have Brian Till back with us again this year for... Prototype Challenge and Lamborghini having uh, battled through some health issues. And he sounded great with you at the IPC. I watched that from the comfort of uh, Hindhoff Towers uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, and Tim Lewis Jr. improved again, by the way, last time around in the Alpha. So uh, it solidifies his position at the top of the chart. We're already seeing uh, a few cars coming on to the pit lane. Tim's new time, a 159.296, so not only now below the two-minute marker, but getting closer and closer to a 159 flat. He's, uh, what, three-tenths of a second slower than a 159. Uh, but yeah. that does give him a cushion of 0.674 of a second yeah. over the Atlanta Speedworks Honda, number 84, with Brian Henderson doing the times in that. Yeah, and, like and uh, the best of the, ho- uh, the Hyundai is now up into the picture is Mason Filippi in car number 98, 
he moves into third position uh, with his teammate Ryan Norman in kind of a 33 right behind him. That bumps Brian Ortiz down to the uh, sixth position now as Mike Lamara jumps up mm. into second in the LA Honda World Cup number 73. That's a wow, that is a fine effort. Alpha, Honda, Honda, Hyundai, Hyundai, Honda, Hyundai, Audi, Audi, Audi. That's your top 10. Very good. Yeah. Yes. Oi, so oi, oi. Audi struggling for whatever reason. They're a second yes. off the uh, the Alphas pace. Well, but then again, there's six tenths. There's nearly seven tenths between the top two, Johnny. Yeah. You know, that's that's a heck of a time from yeah. from Tim Lewis. It really is. Fantastic effort. I love the look of that that little Juliet. They're not in the first flush of youth, that design of the car. Hasn't changed for quite a long time. And the Juliet, not long for production, we hear from, from Alpha. I think that's come, Tim. Yeah, it is. Coming to the pit coming lane now, pit road. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in the black colours, which two. actually suit it very, very well. That We had a red one and a black one last year, just the black one this year. Two and a half minutes remaining, less than that now. Harry Gottsacker in second position. So uh, some Mason Filippi uh, down into fifth. So Harry Gottsacker second in the Hyundai car number 21. Mike Lamara third now in car number 73. Then Brian Henderson in number 84 Honda. Then Mason Felipe and Ryan Norman now bumped down to fifth and sixth. The reason why Gottsacker went so quickly is because he's right tour? on the tailpipes of the 77 Honda, I think it is. They're still together Steve, now on that's, the infield. Uh, Tyler Hagler, I think, if that is yeah, that Taylor car. Making her debut in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. I, I, there's a race breaking out here, down into the <laughs> West Terpin. Big dive down the inside by the Hyundai. Uh, time running out, 90 seconds to go. And at the moment, we've got an Alpha on poor position, and Tim Lewis with now only three, call it four tenths from Harry Gottsacker as the Hyundais begin to come on song at the end of this session as the track is drying out, and the 21 car goes into second place. Did Tim Lewis pit a lap or two early? Might have been something left in that, Alpha. He pitted with nearly seven tenths of an advantage. That's been half, Jeremy. It has, and Mike Lamara also improved on that lap in the third position in car number 73, 159.8 for Mike. 159.2 then for Tim Lewis Jr. Harry Gottsacker 159.6. Mike Lamara 159.8. The only other car sub two minutes is Brian Henderson in Atlanta Speedway. It's Honda car number 84. Mason Philippi, he's got about, well, he's got 0. .003 to find to join that little club. He's in fifth position in a championship winning car from last year, car number 98. At the moment at the back, the 32 Audi has done six laps. So has been out there. Only three laps for Alex Papadopoulos. Came into the pits very early in that 47 Motorsports machine. Everybody else has done half a dozen or so laps. Uh, Steve Ike was in. Uh, Steve Ike stopped early, didn't he, at turn six. Another spin for the 37. Trying to improve there. Chris Miller, that was at turn three. The second and fourth place cars of Harry Gottsacker and Brian Henderson just came across the line absolutely together there. I think they might have cost themselves some time on that last lap. They will lap, get one more lap, But though. they will get one more lap, you're right. And Check the flag the in hand. ahead of the Honda as they head into the East Horseshoe. Look at the race to get to the pit exit from the GS <laughs> car. Now, this is we've still got a live track here at the moment. First through was the third-placed Audi. Then Michael Johnson's oh. gone through and taken the check. There's a flag. huge improvement from Stephen Vider. We're making yeah. an excellent debut this weekend. On he his last off, lap. Yeah, he had some sort of a problem in the earlier practice session, but he's bounced back magnificently to be the best of the Audis now. I've been to third place at 159.817 for Stephen Vider. 
So it's now Alpha, Hyundai, Audi, Audi, Honda in the top four positions. How cool is that? Uh, so that's all four manufacturers within half a second in the top four. Love it. Absolutely love it. Essence of racing here. Still cars out on the track with laps to finish. They will yeah, see from their dashboards if they are up or not. Two cars heading down towards the bus stop at the moment. And those are the second and fourth place, second and what is now fifth place cars, Harry Gottsacker and Brian Henderson. Well, the second of those two on the track got a huge tour and whoever was leading coming off NASCAR turn two backed out and got out of the way. So it was a it was, it was a the, Hyundai that was ahead. Yeah, Veloster, yeah. Right. Well, the, so Henderson now out front, and as you say, leaping away from uh, from the car behind. Yeah, but he's Harry not improving. He's actually not improving his no, time. They've, okay. they've tripped over each other yeah. a bit there, haven't they? Here he comes. Out. I, I think we might steer down on the yellow line and come into the pit. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, hang on, though. Who's that coming off turn four now? No, that's pit lane as well. So they're all heading into the pit lane. I can't see that there's going to be anyone else. Massive improvement. Gavin's Enstone still. It's Gavin Ernstone still out there in the 61. Oh no! Hey, someone coming to the line. Let's have a look here. That is that is the good time to well better anyway for uh, Tomlinson in the 81 Correct. car. So uh, that was a 202.380 for Ron Tomlinson in the Tooth he's, Autosport uh, Audi RS3. He's just getting faster uh, every time he, he turns a lap. Yeah. Uh, at first drive running for Ron in that car and takes him up to 15th uh, in that Tooth Audi. This will be the first pole for Tim Lewis Jr. from Boca Raton, Florida. And it's been an excellent drive. That's fabulous. By him, yeah. Super for that uh, that whole KMW Motorsports with TMR Engineering Alfa, Alfa Romeo team as well. Five, really deserve that. Yeah, five cars under two minutes there, Jeremy. And the better part of four-tenths of a second in hand from Tim Lewis. So he did time that perfectly. We were watching very... I wonder if one more lap, a clear lap for Harry Gottsacker and not being tied up in traffic there might have been better. Uh, certainly... Yeah, but... Got close, but not close enough. Alpha on pull, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. and by the way, um, I, I meant to look this up earlier on and actually uh, did do on the plane, but to fans of UK club racing, there's a Alfa Romeo Drivers Club that's been running for 40-odd years or so. I used to watch a bloke called Tim Lewis around Mallory Park in an Alpha Sud Sprint. Not the same guy, but uh, amazing, really, that they both race Alphas, both in sort of similar liveries as well. And it just gave me an excuse to look up uh, Alpha Sud Sprints, really, from the <laughs> from the kind of late 90s when I used to go and watch. So, yeah. yes, exactly the same name, but different guys. Uh, I remember watching Alpha Suds in the, in the, in the 80s. Yeah. Brilliant fun. Yes. I had a friend who had a couple of uh, Alpha Sud Sprints. That was the sort of coupe version of yeah. the car, wasn't it? Uh, lovely, lovely styling on the car. But had the classic Alpha sud run uh, running gear underneath with uh, a sort of early version of rear steer there was a, a, a sort of a not a steering arm as such but the the, the, the rear wheels and it was a tr- it was a front wheel drive car that drove like a rear wheel drive car right you would quite often be able to get the back end out uh, coming down under under power but under control to jamie howe is our first IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge Paul Sitter of 2020. It goes to uh, it goes to Alfa Romeo and to Tim Lewis, uh, and she, uh, and uh, Jamie will have Tim when he gets his helmet off. 
So just jumping out of the car now. And uh, Jamie is there for our pole sitter. Four, four tenths of a second near enough, Jamie, for, for Tim on the pole. And I'm watching as he still is sitting in the car. So the window net's still up. Now it is coming down. He obviously still has the helmet on. But the door is open for the first pole award of the 2020 racing season. It looks like he's going to try and pull that helmet off here. Photographers at the ready. And you can hear the cars behind me. The GS cars now fired up to get out and under power for their 15-minute qualifying session as well. And as Tim pulls off those bright yellow racing gloves, I'm sure you'll see the pictures of those um, on Twitter over the next two days. He's going to hold up that number one. Big smile for the camera. His helmet is still on his head, though, John. You can still hear all of those GS cars driving by. And Tim earns the first pole award of the season. What will this do for you confidence-wise as we head into the race day tomorrow? Well, I, I really can't thank the team enough. They've, uh, they've worked really hard this offseason. We've done a lot of testing and development on the car. And um, proud to have Alfa Romeo of Daytona on the car. And um, I, I think we're sitting good for the race. Obviously, this is a big advantage for you as well as Alfa Romeo, but only one car entered in the TCR category. When you think about the competition, the fact that other manufacturers have more than one entry, what does that do for you strategy-wise? Uh, strategy-wise, I think we're able to just do our own thing, not worry about other, uh, other details of the team. But certainly six Audis, uh, six Hondas, five Hyundais, and one Alfa stacks the odds up against us. But uh, I think we have a good little car. And uh, looking forward to the race. What are the strengths of your car? Uh, we have the lightest car in the field, so we have great acceleration. And um, we're, we're, we're really good in the infield section. You have some photos to take. Congratulations on that pole position, and we'll see you tomorrow for race time. Thank you. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Jamie, how that with our for first pole uh, sitter for the 2020 season in Michelin Pilot Challenge. Yeah, and Harry Gottsacker then was uh, second in the class, but hats off to Stephen Vider in car number 18 to be uh, third fastest on his first, his debut in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. He did some uh, some SRO TCR last season and uh, and won the uh, DSG engine class in the final round there. So he, you know, he was uh, getting stronger and stronger last year. That was his first season of, of professional racing. And But what a great debut there to be in the top three for that uh, uh Team Prima Audi. Yeah, very good. Very good indeed. Uh, the D. So th over in SRO, they have a d they have a separate categories for sequential gearbox and DSGs, yeah. do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. I suppose uh, SRO do their balance of don't like doing balance of performance. It's easier just to put a different class in. So I understand that. Um, I understand why they would uh, why they would do that. Uh, we're off and running right, with yes. the guys. Watch uh, out! Yeah, and six Fords went out line stern together. The, that was the big rumble that you heard when Jamie was interviewing Tim Lewis there. Uh, and I'm just hearing from the uh, from the local news it registered 5.1 on the Richter scale as all those Fords <laughs> went out of. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't the uh, SpaceX launch in there. No, not right, quite. Right, right. When's that? The, well, this, this week isn't it? Isn't the one this week? Oh uh, yeah. Is the one? Is the one every week now? Probably. Actually, well, well, that's yeah. the idea, isn't it? I saw that they did the um, astronaut escape capsule drill the other day, and that worked perfectly well. I mean, that really is like science fiction, isn't it? Like watching Thunderbirds back in the 1960s. Have you seen a, a rocket launch from here? Yeah, fantastic. We one one year we were driving up from Champion. 
to uh, to Atlanta actually, and there was a space shuttle launch. So we sort of pulled up at the gates of the space center with when the countdown was at around about twenty two, which was uh, rather impressive. And we've had a couple of rocket launches while we've been at uh, Sebring. We normally get one at Sebring at some stage, don't we? That we can look yes. off into yeah, the distance. Year. Got yep. one uh, last year again. Already down to eleven minutes. No fast times yet. Here comes the first of the Camaros. The number 46 goes across the line. That's the dark grey car. Then we've got a couple of Audis drafting each other. And the 64, the blue Camaro, goes long, too long. And all the way through onto the wet patch there at turn one. Now, that would be okay if if he put a decent time in. But that's going to blow the next lap as well. Oh, dear me. Kuno Whitmer for McLaren. 13 to the top for AWA. The car he shares with Ori Fadani, the Canadian driver. So McLaren, first blood on the first lap. Then two Audis, a Mercedes. Make that three Audis. And another McLaren in there. Tyler McQuarrie, fastest in the final warm-up session in the 39. Into second place, but nine and a half tenths away. Then Corey Lewis... In the second McLaren, that's the M1 racing machine that he shares with Sheena Monk. And then it's Mike Skeen in third. McLaren Audi, McLaren Audi. Ford Mustang, Seb Prior given qualifying duties. The young man from Guernsey, who is up into third position, followed swiftly by his two teammates, Shane Lewis and Scott Maxwell. 15, 40 and 19, third, fourth and fifth, and separated by just a couple of tenths. These guys are throwing overhand very, very quickly indeed, Jeremy and Johnny. No quarter asked or given. Certainly not. But most impressive as Nate Stacey goes over the line as well in the new Aston Martin to Cool wow. Motorsports. Third position in the number 60 car. And also motoring on very nicely indeed is the number four Winwood Racing Mercedes with Russell Ward doing the time. So respectively, for Nate Stacey, it's a 154.033 and a 154.096 for Russell Ward. Very, very tight there. Third and fourth fastest. So McLaren, Audi, Aston, Mercedes, Ford. That's your top five. <laughs> Not too bad at all. And a very similar situation as to what we had in the TCRs, where all four manufacturers were represented in the top four places. Bigger gaps than I expected to see. Three-quarter of a second between Kuno's time and the, and the best of the uh, Audis in second. Yeah, I thought McLaren was going to be quick. Uh, did, didn't, uh, didn't finish the uh, pre-qualifying practice session. It came in early, but uh, it, it had set a, a purple sector two time, I think. Uh, to show how quick that AWA car is. The the lap record, by the way, the qualifying lap record was set last year by Paul Holton, also in a McLaren. Those cars are very slippery around here. 570S GT4, a 152.143, an average speed of 114 miles an hour. Uh, that was one year ago, 152.143. Kuna Whitmer has already turned a 152.951. Corey Lewis in the, uh, the other McLaren, the number three car, uh, into fourth position. That's a car that uh, didn't get out, I think, in the final practice, the earlier yeah. practice well session. Well remembered. But uh, is going very, very well now. Corey Lewis aboard. Halfway in this 15-minute session, still three quarters of a second, and Kuno Whitmer in the McLaren. The number 13 car goes quicker still, and quickest of anyone in the first sector, 36.8. Next best in the 37s. Nobody... Can touch that McLaren in the first sector. Two and three tenths right there. And that, given the gaps here, is quite impressive. 
Russell Ward to second. Russell Ward picking up on his good form towards the end of last season. The number four for Winwood Racing this year. Pips second, Pips second place by a couple of thousandths over Tyler McQuarrie. Race winner, of course, last year, Russell at uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. But still, Jeremy, the, I mean, three quarters of a second until Tyler McQuarrie goes through this time at the end of his fourth lap. But it's still half a second. That was yep. a great time by Whitner. It certainly was. Tyler, Tyler McQuarrie, as you say, up into second place, 153.4. Nate Stacey and Aston Martin for core uh, motorsports. Economist 60 into fourth position at 153.9. So he gets ahead of Corey Lewis in the McLaren. Up into sixth now is Trent Hinman. In the Archangel Motorsports, car number seven, that's a Porsche 718 Cayman GT4. A little further down, Seb Prio in eighth position, just behind Hugh Plum, a former race winner here in this event, former last uh, champion in this series two years ago, that was driving Mercedes, now for Team TGM in the Chevrolet Camaro GT4. Improvement for Thomas Collingwood in the BGB Motorsports Porsche 718 as well. Crossing the line on the 157.2. Wow. Uh, that's further down the order, I'll admit, yeah, but nevertheless. Yeah, lots of improvements here, certainly all, all the way up, up and down there. Interesting to see he's doing the qualifying yeah. here as well. So Russell Ward does the qualifying there for that car. Frank Depew's doing the Camaro duties in the 71 uh, that's the Rebel Rock Racing car. That would suggest he's going to start the race then. Yeah, because whoever qualifies the car has to start the race. Absolutely right. And that's one of the, f the relatively few cars, I think it's half a dozen, that have three driver uh, lineups uh, yeah, for, Andrew for Davis, the race. Andrew Davis, the plug-and-play yeah, man, so as he described himself yesterday. Exactly. Robin Liddell and Andrew Davis, so they're going to be strong uh, in the uh, latter stages of the race for sure. Hayley Deegan in 22nd position in the Ford Mustang, making her... Uh, debut in the Mission and Pilot Challenge as part of the Ford Young Driver Development uh, in the number 22. She's 20th on the overall at the moment in that Ford Mustang GT4. Drew Staverley in the 24 car, one place ahead. But it, th that midfield, there's a whole slew of cars in high 54s through to mid 55s uh, where... Literally a couple of tenths going to vault you handfuls of positions there. Actually, there's a whole slew of cars in the 50, low 54s to mid 54s as well. But nobody anywhere close to Kuno Whitmer's no. McLaren time. He's come into the pit lane, as is Tyler McQuarrie in the Audi in second. So both of the leading cars in the pits. Nothing can be done with that car. You can open the door, but that is all. And the pit lane officials will be watching that. Very, very carefully indeed. We have had times disallowed for the teams touching the car. Connor Bloom improves inside the top 10 for the BMW 95 from Turner. All three sectors nailed by Kuno Whitmer. His fastest lap was the fastest lap possible given his three sector times. Left nothing on the table. 152.951. Very impressive indeed. Russell Ward still out there and cooling down his Michelin tyres in the middle sector. 
Actually, if you do, if you add oh, no, those sectors together, it, it could be a bit quicker. Yes, actually. it could be a bit mm. quicker. I, I, I wonder just... whether they'd all been done on the same lap. Yeah, they were. The, the beauty no. of the Alcamel system now is when a car pits, it tells you the quickest sector times that a car has done in the previous stint, but they weren't all necessarily done on the same lap. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. About four tenths actually in that car. Rus- Russell Ward for the opposition. Russell Ward in from third. Uh, Nate Stacey in in the new core racing Aston Martin. Vantage, still with a 60 on it, but you'll have been used to seeing that on a Ford Mustang. Get used to seeing it on a Vantage GT4 V8 twin turbo. Yes, the core, the core team still running two cars here. The, the, the other car, the 59 car, is a Ford, but in the garage area, they are separated. They're not, they're not next to each other, even though they're the same team, ah. because they're trying to create some separation between the Ford. Two manufacturers. Indeed. That's quite yes, sensible, well, actually. Oh, yes. I know that it's, it means more resources, but I, I like that. That's attention to detail, so Jackie Stewart would approve. Corey Lewis still out there in the th- fifth place, number three, McLaren 570S. He's a second away. That's a, that is an, a, a fantastic time by Kuno Whitmer in that McLaren. A fantastic yeah. I mean, look, time. Yeah, he's got a huge amount of experience around here uh, in general and in that car around here, which is even more beneficial. And uh, the McLaren, you know, it, it's always right, super, super strong here at Daytona. There's a car that's really struggling. It's uh, uh, Nick Gallant, I think, in the Bimmer World M4, number 80 being shown, has actually stopped, and it's really struggling to come in. It doesn't look very BMW shaped, though, does it? Unless it's the car behind that is slow. They're, they're side by side, but no, the BMW <laughs> was the one being held up. So that's uh, an Aston, isn't it? Uh is there some damage on the front of that car to the right front yeah, that's coming is, in? There, yeah. Once again, I apologise for not bringing the binoculars. Our pit lane team. Well, you should brought them to the, uh, yeah, on, on oh, they're, in, they're, they're on the right <laughs> continent, Jeremy. <laughs> I had so much <laughs> gear in my uh, rucksack, and my haversack, to carry on that I put the binoculars in my uh, in my suitcase with the. Uh, is that, is the, that the automatic racing? It is. Okay. Yeah. It is. That's exactly what it is, the Aston. And that came so in virtually dead stick. 99 or 09? No, zero 09. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zero so nine. Rob, Rob Ecklin yeah. in zero 09 who was struggling and then in turn holding up the uh, the Bimmer World M4 BMW behind. So that was briefly shown on the timing system as stopped with well, Nick Galland. But, well, uh, Nick, well, Nick Galland he he was, was shown as off course. Yeah, so yeah. get past. That's right. He yeah. was shown as off course, as you rightly say. Uh, just under a minute to go. Uh, the top four are in. Corey Lewis, Touring as well in fifth position. As drivers now will be starting their last lap going across the line here. 38 has just had a problem. And that is uh, Tom Collingwood in the Cayman GT4. That was at turn six heading back up onto the speedway. It has continued. Remember earlier, Tim Lewis set pole position in TCR for Alfa Romeo with a stunning lap that put him well ahead of the field. And it looks like Kino Whitmer has done enough here as well. As the chequered flag comes out, mm. I can't see, with due respect to right. anybody out there, Jeremy, that anyone is going to challenge that 152.951. No, they're not going to get close. <clears throat> I don't think you yeah, might, might see into That's a pretty good improvement. 37 to 3 first sector. Might, you might scrape into the top 
10, no, he's slower in the, in the second sector, so he's not even going to, I don't think, improve his position. Nate, uh, Corey Lewis stayed out in number three, McLaren, but uh, he was held up by some slower traffic on, on this final lap, and he goes, so I don't think there's going to be any improvement for that uh, NTE Sport by M1, McLaren 570S GT4, it's car number three. He's backed out of it as well now, so that's going to be about it. So, a uh, half a second margin there for Kuno Whitmer, but uh, from Kuno Whitmer back to 12th place is uh, is going to take you about a second in that 12th position. Britt Casey Jr., a little bit surprised by the, that McCann Racing Audi car number 8. Make, it's going to be a full season entry this year, making that that team and for Michael McCann Jr. his debut in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. I thought that, might, that car might have been a little bit quicker. Everybody peeling off into the pit lane now, which means that any second now, with the chequered flag out, we should see the McLaren rolling down to pit out for the presentation of the. Paul Award, one or two teams already wanting to get out of the pit lane but are being held before they turn left uh, in into the infield area under the Rolex arch. So once the chequered flag is out, they are not supposed to go back to that pit box uh, to clear the pit lane. We've got a fairly full schedule here with the WeatherTech Championship uh, coming out in just on a quarter of an hour. And we'll try and fit in this Paul interview for you before we take a breather on IMSA Radio. Although stay tuned, uh, real world road test of the Audi SQ5 uh, coming up for those of you uh, listening on our international feed. Been Trying out a new service with silver car rentals by Audi, silver car by Audi this weekend. And I have to say, thanks to Josh and everyone at Miami for their excellent service. I was very impressed indeed. Picked us up off the shuttle at the car rental centre and uh, in the car that we were going to drive. Ran us back to the office. Zero paperwork to do because it was all done online. Scanned the QR code on the front of the car into the app. Bob's your uncle. And there's your Audi, sir. Off you go. I do have one complaint. It's called Silver Car by Audi, and the Q5 I'm driving this weekend is white. Oh, dear. Details, isn't I it? I know. I feel Details. Not as advertised. Actually, I'm, I'm joking. It's an excellent service. Check them out. Silver Car by Audi. As Kuda Whitmer is down by Shea Adam. Pole position for McLaren. Yeah, and, you know, the last time Kuno was driving here at Daytona International Raceway in a competitive session... He finished by driving the car to the podium. So he's got a perfect record in the last 364 days, at least as far as that's concerned. He also has a Rolex that he won in 2015. So Kuno knows how to go quickly around Daytona, but he just proved it once again. Congratulations on the pole position. How much is left in the car, though, for the start of tomorrow's race? Uh, that, was, that was on the limit. Uh, I think we, we timed the gap perfectly with our spotter. Uh, the crew is just outstanding. I mean, I joined these guys, you know, or just over the holidays, and they've proven them so far to be so good and so awesome and amongst the best. And, uh, yeah, it was it was one of those qualifyings where there were still a couple of damn places and some of the apexes, 
do you gamble on getting on the paint or not? I did. So, and I was able to somehow get a little bit of a draft off some of the guys ahead of me and, and just, just bank on the gap, really. And the uh, car's handling great. It's a good old McLaren. What can go wrong, right? You know how to win in a McLaren at Daytona, so that's nothing new for you. You're covered in sweat right now. Is that from sitting in the car waiting to find out if your pull time would stick? Yeah, because usually these cars are pretty nice when the AC's on, so it was when it was off, exactly. <laughs> what are you expecting for the start of the race with 50 cars behind you? Oh, it is, it is a gamble right now. I mean, it's, there's no way that we have won this so far. I mean, we, we got pole. We, have, we show we have pace. But uh, there's, there's teams down this pit road right here that I have a lot of respect for, and they're going to bring their A game more than ever. Uh, you look at the driver roster this year in this field, it is outstanding. And uh, I think that's something that IMSA, Michelin, and all the sponsors could be really proud about on a global scale. Congrats on the pole position, Kino. Thank you very much. Thank you to Shea, Adam and Jamie Howe down in the pit lane. Jeremy Shaw and Johnny Palmer were with me, John Heindor. Full coverage of the Michelin Pilot Challenge on Friday to come here uh, in sound and vision. IMSA Radio and IMSA TV together and stay with us on RS2 IMSA Radio as the action continues from Daytona International Speedway. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.